Peace and blessings. Welcome back to the podcast. I titled this episode season three, um, episode three, listen to this when you're alone. And I mean that literally. So if you're not alone right now, please come back and listen to this podcast episode when you have a moment alone. I'm going to try and make this episode really quick. I have something really quick to say. If you want to know what this episode is about, why you need to listen to it alone, um, take a peek at the description. But I mean it. Turn this off if you're not alone. I want you to listen to this while you're by yourself. Now, if you're by yourself, let's talk just really briefly. First, I want to give you a trigger warning. We're going to talk about abuse. And I am going to tell you something that is really important for you to hear. Is that abuse comes in many different forms. And you want to be very mindful. You want to... Be certain that if you're experiencing any kind of abuse, that you begin to take action, even if it's a small action, okay? To remove yourself from the places and the people where the abuse is happening. So I want to share with you some different kinds of abuse. I am on a website called womenagainstabuse.org. Um, different kinds of abuse that follow under physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, technological abuse, financial abuse, and abuse by um, immigration status. Okay? I experienced abuse multiple times in romantic relationships, specifically, where I, first of all, was in a state of shock. I could not believe that something like this was happening to me. One of the first things I would suggest is let's move beyond the shock. It is happening, and... It is not your fault that it's happening. You don't need to blame yourself because it's happening. But it is important, if it is happening to you or someone you love, that we move past the feelings of shock. Oh, my God, I, I can't believe that what happened to her. She's so pretty. I can't believe that's happening in the relationship. I thought they were in love. Learning to recognize signs of abuse, learning to listen to people when they say they're being abused, abused and going to the internet to find resources for them, local resources, and learning to gently communicate with them. But if this episode is specifically geared towards people who must save themselves. So some forms of abuse, physical abuse, um, is the most recognized form of abuse. It may include things like hitting, slapping, punching, kicking, burning, strangulation, damaging personal property, Refusing medical care and or controlling medic medication, someone controlling your medication. Coercing a, a partner into substance abuse and use of weapons. 
So understanding that if you have a partner who's introducing you to certain things like, you know, drugs, okay, we may look at this and, and think, you know, this is only something that happens when, you know, we're children or this is only something um, that happens between peers. It's not. I've been in a relationship where a person is offering me drugs and I took them. But when I said I didn't want them anymore, the person kept trying to tempt me into taking them. And this is, a, a first of all, a violation of boundaries, personal boundaries, personal standards. And when you say you don't want something and someone keeps bringing it into the environment, keeps placing it on the counter, keeps leaving it there for you, understanding how the brain works, understanding that, you know, that cue to go ahead and and, and do the thing that you say you don't want to do. Um, they're working against your own, you know, your brain. They're working against or causing your brain to work against you. They're working against your own personal standards. So this is a form of abuse, okay? Emotional abuse occurs when an intimate partner seeks to control um, the loved one with name-calling, insulting, Blaming you for everything, extreme jealousy, intimidation, shaming, and humiliating. I had that experience. Lots of, like, posts and things online, long, exaggerated, um, you know, stories and writings about how I'm not woman enough and how I'm not doing this and I'm not doing... So shaming and humiliating is a form of emotional abuse. Isolation. Oh, no, I don't want you to go out. Please stay here. Just stay with me. Let's go. You know, those are not really your friends and all these kinds of things. It just I had an experience last year where I wanted to go be with my family for Christmas. And the person I was with refused to go. And I think that he understood that I would not leave him. I would not leave him alone on Christmas to go spend Christmas with my family because to me that would that goes against who I think I am that goes against my own self-concept like to be so selfish to be so cold you know towards my partner I, I wouldn't want to leave you to go be with my family but I you know did everything I could to explain to him you know you have a limited a finite number of Christmases you get to spend with family and I understand that you may not want to be around your family but I definitely want to be around mine you know and our families live in the same place so begging begging I couldn't believe that he would be so against it and I was paying for everything paying for the flights paying for hotel I'm you know it was Nothing he needed to do. It's not like he had a job. There's nothing he needed to do but get on the plane, okay? So isolation, controlling what your partner does and where your partner goes, and stalking. Stalking is never okay. It's not cute. It causes you to to be in a state of fear, which causes a fight, flight, um, or freeze, uh, reaction it causes your nervous system to be thrown out of whack you don't want anybody stalking you online stalking your activity you know tracing your phone I don't give a, unless it's like your mama need to know where you are you know you're traveling somewhere you live in a different state just want to make sure you're cool not somebody who needs to know where you are every minute of the day okay sexual abuse is not about sex right it's about power we all I think we probably all have watched 
enough law and order, right? So sexual abuse is not about sex. It's about power. And it includes any sexual behavior performed without a partner's consent. I think we also know at this this day and age that you have to be of a certain age and a certain maturity level to be able to even give consent. So forcing a partner to have sex with other people, such as human trafficking, in the case of human trafficking, pursuing sexual activity when the victim is not fully conscious or is afraid to say no, okay? Hurting your partner physically during sex or coercing a partner to have sex without protection or sabotaging their birth control. These are forms of abuse. This is a person who is now fucking with your personal choices about what it is you want to do with your body, your personal boundaries. These are forms of abuse. Technological abuse, this is a newer one. Um, obviously, we're in the digital age now, but this is not one I was um, completely um, familiar with. But this is a form of, of abuse that involves uh, or includes the use of technology to control and uh, stalk a partner. So technological abuse can happen to people of all ages, but it is more common among teenagers who use technology and social media to uh, interact um, in a manner that is often unmonitored by adults. So some examples of, of this are hacking into a person's email and personal accounts using tracking devices in a partner's um, cell phone to monitor their location, phone calls and messages, which is stalking, monitoring interactions via social media. Who's this, you know, who are you, you know, page are you on and what are you commenting and who's commenting and, you know, why were you over here and what have you been doing online and demanding to know your partner's passwords, not respecting their privacy. Okay. Some of us may be guilty of that. Hello. This is a thing that I didn't know this was a form of abuse, but it was something that I naturally fell out of. I don't need to know anybody's password, go through anybody's phone, go see who, who you're following. I don't, I don't need to know because chances are you are going to be, you know, I was watching this video the other day on TikTok and the girl said, you know, what about when your man is following all these Instagram models? And the girl said, hoes be cute. <laughs> Which is true. How's we cute? Okay. So follow whoever the fuck you want to follow. Them your eyes. That's your social media account. Because when I go to following uh, the same people you following, <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about it. Okay. Um, so understand that that is a form of abuse. Another form of abuse, psych, um, sorry, psychological, uh, financial abuse. So this is any behavior that maintains power and control over finances. This constitutes financial abuse. Some examples include uh, causing a partner to lose their job through direct and indirect means, uh, such as inflicting physical harm or injury that would prevent the person from attending work, harassing your partner at their workplace, showing up at the job, acting crazy, you know, affecting their, their, you know, reputation at work, embarrassing them at work, causing them to lose their job, controlling financial assets and effectively putting partner on an allowance. I had that experience when I was married as well. This was to the man who was physically beating me up, but also, Controlling the financial assets. I was required to stay home and be a housewife. And when I asked to work, because I'm a person who loves to work, I like to have my own money. Um, I was, you know, told that I had, if I wanted to stay in this marriage, I had to continue to be a housewife. And 
when I was, you know, suggesting maybe some childcare, he told me I would have to pay for it. His kids, I would have to pay. Okay. Damaging a partner's credit score is also a form of financial abuse. So, and then abuse by immigration status. These are specific tactics of abuse uh, that may be used against immigrants, um, immigrant partners. So, destroying their immigration papers, restricting partners to learning English, threatening to hurt partners' family um, in their home country, terrorizing them this way, threatening to have a partner deported. Okay. It's important to remember that the U.S. undocumented immigrants have rights and protections and that in the case of an emergency, contacting the police should be a priority. I think that they had to have that there for legal reasons. Um, maybe in the case of an emergency, I'm not sure what the emergency could be, um, but I would, I would expect like if a person gets critically harmed, then, yeah, you need to call some emergency personnel and get them the help that they need, even if there is that fear that, you know, you'd you rather, you have to prioritize what's important, right? So if a person is in physical danger or if a person is in danger of losing their lives, then we need to call for help. Okay. So all these different forms of abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, someone controlling your movements, limiting your freedom, limiting who you're able to spend time with, who is over, you know, just torturing you, terrorizing you, inhibiting you, limiting your um, quality of life, your fun, your freedom, trying to control the way that you speak, the way that you show up, someone who's invalidating your feelings, who stonewalls, gaslights, tries to make you feel crazy, who ignores you for days at a time, refuses to speak to you, who does the manipulative thing of like withdrawing love and attention and affection when you're not behaving or doing or choosing or saying what it is they want you to say. So all forms of abuse. Okay. Here is what I was told when I was experiencing physical, violent abuse in my marriage by a therapist named Mark. I only saw him one time, white man, long brown ponytail, right? And he says to me, because I was going through physical abuse specifically, that man could kill you. He could kill you or he could, he could harm you in a split second without even meaning to. I was watching a video online, and I think I'm going to post it later, where a girl's boyfriend had destroyed her vehicle. She had like a 2020 Charger. I think it was 2020. She had a Charger, a Dodge Charger, big body. You know those Chargers, really cute cars. And he trashed the car. Every screen, every window broken, threw shit in the car, tore the seats up, everything. She replaced it with a 2021 BMW. He trashed it. She fixed it. He trashed it again and put oil or put water in the engine so it no longer worked. She got another car after leaving him finally the last time. Started her business, opened up her daycare, was making started making $10,000 a year. She had lost so much weight. She was going through this experience with him. She became, she lost so much weight, she thought she was going to die. Physically, he, from her, the way she tells the story, he had never 
harmed her physically, but that does not mean that she was not enduring abuse in this situation. There is a woman that I listened to online named Chloe, and she preaches, she teaches about hypergamy, which is women who date men who are either on their economic, emotional, spiritual, um, and maturity level or above, a man who has his own, who is established, who can teach you something, you know, who will take care of you, who is economically uh, or financially well off and who will not or doing better than you and who will not, you know, feel jealous towards you because you have more than him, because you are succeeding more than him, because you are taking better advantage of, you know, your, uh, your opportunities maybe than he is for whatever whose manhood will not be challenged because this woman is doing is doing better than he is and sometimes I listen to her and I don't believe it but then my real life experiences have proven have been evidence that there are some men who feel jealous of their partners who feel jealous that you have it and they don't or who be who out of a place of a complete lack of emotional maturity when they seek to hurt you will go after your possessions will seek to destroy the things that they are envious of or will try to destroy your own self-concept in your mind start berating you criticizing you judging you telling you what you ain't basically trying to destroy your self-confidence. And I know a lot of people feel like, you know, my love can solve this. It can resolve this. This person, he comes back and he has the, you know, shabby bouquet of flowers and he says he loves me and the sex is amazing and the makeup sex is great and, there is a connection here. There's chemistry here. He's my twin flame. We have many different reasons. I don't have a job. I don't have any means. I don't have any money. I can't get free. I can't get out of this situation. If I leave, he'll kill me. We have children together. Lots and lots and lots of reasons. So what do we do? I prayed. And I know that maybe other people don't see prayer talking to God, asking for a way. I know a lot of people maybe don't see that as a very, like like prayer is not anything to a lot of people, but to me it's everything. I'm going to talk to the creator about this. In addition to talking to a higher power, talking to your God, talking to God, talking to God. I'm going to talk to people. My homegirls, my sisters, my friends, have saved my life. When I finally confessed to them what was happening, they helped me get free. They helped me get free. What I actually did in real life is I, I you know, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Um, I ensured that he would fall asleep and that he would stay asleep. I removed all of my belongings. This is after I told my friends what, were hap- what was happening. When I told my friends what was happening, they asked me what I need. I said, I need money. I need a job. The next day, they had me in an interview. 
I was in an interview. It was for a sales position. I had to train. So every day I would leave, you know, leave the house. Children are in school. I'm going to hang out with my friends when really I was going to my training and I was getting paid for this training. Every cent I saved it. Every cent. Okay. Passed my test. And then the day came where he was being abusive again. And he said to me that day, I'm not giving you any more money, financial abuse. He was taking care of everything financially. I'm not giving you any more money. I said, well, what if I get a job and I need $5 for gasoline? You're not going to give me $5 for gasoline? He said, I'm not giving you anything. You need to figure it out yourself. And if you want to stay, this is his, always his thing. If you want to stay in this marriage, you need to, um, you need to figure out how to work. And take care of these children. So I had the children half the time. And he said, as a matter of fact, his, here's the thing. He's polygamous. So he wanted to, he's polygamous while also being in the nation of Islam, but was also cheating on me and had cheated on his previous wife with a white woman. So there's a lot of conflict here. <laughs> there's a lot of dissonance here. There's a lot of, you know, him having personal problems, mental health issues, combined with him being much older than I was, 16 years older than me. It was a recipe for disaster. Nation of Islam, some of the diehard, especially from back in the day, they would refer to white people as white devils. I'm sure you guys have all watched Malcolm X by now. <laughs> Malcolm X was an extraordinary, a different kind of fruit of Islam. But, you know, dating a white woman just is really misaligned with the Nation of Islam energy some of you grew up in that environment you know exactly what I'm saying some of you are white so you probably don't but just believe me when I say that you know being nation of Islam Muslim which some Muslims don't consider real <laughs> real Muslims but whatever being nation of Islam cheating on us with a, a white woman th th very misaligned okay so here's what I said I said, okay, are you sure? I asked him three times, are you sure? He said, you know what? As a matter of fact, I want to continue seeing that woman. Her name's Rachel. I want to continue seeing Rachel. You need to figure out how you're going to work and where you're going to live. We can stay married, but you, you can't be here anymore. And when he said that, it triggered everything. Everything that had been brewing in my mind, all the visions I had been seeing, when I would pray, I would get these ideas about how I would remove myself from this situation. Do this, then do this, then do this. I already talked to people in the community. Who has a room available? How much is, is, it, a, is it a month? When will it be open? Can I move in? You know, can we be a little flexible with this? All these things. Who's going to help me come remove my things? All of these things had already been in place. I was just waiting. And the day he said that to me, we can stay married, but you can't live here anymore. You need to figure out how you're going to work. Support yourself. Take care of my children if you want to stay in this marriage. <laughs> I said, are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? You sure? He should have known when I served him the second cup of what I served him. And I thought to myself, how strange that a person can abuse someone, physically beat them up, control their movements, be so terrible to them, and still eat their food. Mm -hmm. Just don't. He fell asleep. I called the girls. They showed up. 
We removed all of my possessions from the house. All of the electronics, everything. I've told this story multiple times. Everything removed from the house, paperwork, everything that he would need to identify himself, every electronic, you can't place a phone call. Go next door. Ask the neighbor to use their phone. I removed myself, and I never went back. Actually, that's a lie. The next day I went back, but I called the police. Three huge policemen walked me into that house, past my little tiny five-foot-seven-inch husband, and I removed the last of my, my possessions and my two cats. I took my two cats. Okay. I had called the night before to turn off the electricity because the electricity was in my name. So the house was was dark. Nothing on, nothing turned on. He couldn't go to the bank because I overdrafted all the accounts. He couldn't get another card because his ID wasn't there anymore. I don't know where it went. Can't get a new ID because <laughs> there's no passports, there's no... There's no birth certificates. Where is everything? I don't know. I don't know. Probably in a dumpster down somewhere near the strip in Las Vegas. Better hurry up before they collect the trash. After I removed myself from this situation, and I got all of these plans from Spirit because I actually don't know how to think this kind of way. It wasn't for me. I'm not. A, I don't. I'm not strategic like that. Not like I'm, a, you know, going up against an enemy kind of strategic, but spirit is. After I prayed, I got the messages. I removed myself from that environment, and I never spoke to him again until the day he completed the divorce. I was served with my papers. I signed my papers. He called me. This was in 2017. We, our divorce is finalized. I said, that's the best news I got all year, hung up on him, and that was that. When a person abuses you, I don't care what kind of abuse it is, they cannot simultaneously love you. They may be lusting for you. They may want to control you. They may crave you, desire you even, but love you never. Love does not abuse. Love does not control. Love does not need you to change. Because if you love me, why would you need me to change? Love wants you to thrive, whatever that means and however it looks. Love supports, love accepts, love cares. Love does not harm, love does not threaten, love does not abuse. My mom used to say a thing to me when I was younger. She used to say, I love your dad, like her husband, I love him. And she would whisper it to me, but I love me more. This is where, I think this is where people who experience abuse really find freedom. Because a lot of people will stay because they're afraid to leave or because they actually do love and care about the person. Their love is not real, but yours may be. And I really think that that is the reason 
that is the thing that causes us. Either it's you loving that person or you wanting to prove like I, I'm good enough. I'm, you know, I'm good enough to be a person who doesn't get abused. I don't trying to prove to him or them or the other person or yourself that I don't deserve this. My love can solve this. If I just change this, then everything will be all right. Here's where you find freedom and I'm going to get off. You can love them, but you love yourself more. I love myself more than I love you, than I love this relationship, than I love this place. I love me more. And because I love me more, I require freedom. I require safety and security. I require relaxation and peace. I require home, comfort, strength. I require my life. I require to be in environments where I am adored, lovingly cherished, and never harmed. Therefore, if the relationship or the place does not meet these requirements, I will not stay. I will do anything and everything to free myself, to disappear from your life, and to restrict further access to me. Period. If you are being abused... Remove yourself, period. Because the love of an abuser or the pseudo love, the fake love, the pretend love of an abuser is not worth your life. When we are abused, when we experience abuse, every form of abuse restricts or limits our ability to live the beautiful, blessed, enchanted, magical, wonderful lives that we were born to live. This person is cutting you off from the freedom, the power, the freedom to move, the love, the laughter, the fun, the excitement, the magic that you were given at birth and which is your birthright. No relationship is worth that. That's all I have to say. Thanks for listening. Peace and blessings.